was it like growing up in Berlin as a little baby Esther? Wow. <laughs> there were many questions in, in that. <laughs> so like how alive ever since. Let's start with the, how, the baby Esther. Uh, let's start with the baby. Easy child. I always knew exactly what if I didn't get what I wanted. So I very early decided that I want to become a fashion designer. But I think the, the main reason for it is I grew up without a television. So no television at all. Instead, we had a big box with costumes, whatever, like not nice princesses costumes, but whatever my parents could found could find, they just threw it in that box. So I really loved like dressing myself and trying different personalities, different identities. So that really triggered me, like how it feels, how you could switch into different personalities just by changing your outfit. I remember there was, there, I think we were teenagers or like maybe 12 years old or maybe even younger, I cannot tell you. But with two girlfriends, we were just dressing like Turkish people, like Turkish women. I mean, you could not do this today, I think. But I mean, this was in the like early 80s in Berlin. Early 2000s. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm not hiding my real age. <laughs> so we were just dressing with several skirts on top of each other with the jogging trousers on the knees and uh, the headscarf. And we pretended to even speak uh, Turkish. And we were just going in the buses up and down the Kurfürstendamm, like the main shopping street. And I think if we someone would do it today, they would get hit like badly. But I don't know. It was not because we didn't. We want to make fun out of their identity, but it was a game for us to feel like, how does it feel being someone else? And all these things, I think, all together made me want to try more and explore more. What is it about fashion, about dressing yourself? All right. Because before I actually met you today, I actually had a red beanie, some Versace signature sunglasses, because I was really over it today. Because I was waiting for me to walk through the room and meet you. Mm -hmm. I don't know who you were going to be. You know what I'm saying? Like, I just wanted to meet the person that was going to define my trip to Berlin. That made any sense. Because mm -hmm. my, my trip to Germany in total, the whole thing in total, in total, is about sustainability and about design and upcycling and not being wasteful. That's, you know, for me, I'm looking for that, that diamond in the rough. So when I walked through the door, I was like, no way. Because, you know, sometimes we see a lot of designers and we meet a lot of designers and we t they tend to be a little aloof or a little bit too chic or too much for TV or they're not as accessible as you, as you are. But to me, you're so accessible. Like I ran up to you like a little kid because I didn't know, I didn't think, who, you know, who Esther was, was going to be when I walked through the door. I didn't even think those two names making it that to who you are and me being a huge fan, honestly, I really didn't know when I walked to the door, but I knew for whatever reason, I wanted to put on my black beanie <laughs> and I wanted to put on my little gold, little, you know, I don't even wear glasses. These are just like, you know, for shits and giggles. So when I, <laughs> when I put them on, I'm thinking like, okay, let me Esther, I had to change my energy. So I wanted to change my energy because you meet seven, 10 different people all day long. You, you know, they can't, it's draining. You know, it's new people that don't know you, you don't know them, vice versa. But when I met you, I felt like you transformed and you're so accessible and you're so real. And I feel like I understand what you mean, what you mean when you say you put on a piece of you know, accessory or you put on a piece of clothing. 
and how it, it really, uh, it's a signifier. It yeah, really it does. gives you another identity. And yeah. I, I see this as a very positive thing. You, it, But I also see it as a game. You know, you don't take it too serious. Not, Play with it yeah. because enjoy it. And But it's also, you, you mentioned that you said the word empowering. And that's that's also what what is the signature or what is the DNA of my brand. And also, because I, when I was small, I had the, I felt the need of making myself strong. And I experimented and I said, when do I feel the most strongest? When do I feel safe? And because we have to fight our daily life wars, you know, whatever that means, it means something else for everybody else. But so I realized if I wear black and certain pieces, I feel strong and I feel empowered. And I tried it for so many years. And I think now I'm mature enough to give it over, to hand it over to people who come in and say, like, I want to be dressed in Esther Parabon because I really want to empower, especially women, but I'm not only dressing women. So it's it's unisex, but let's say mainly I, I dress women. But yeah, this is also my childhood. I think my mother was a feminist. I think so. She never mentioned this to me. But when I was a kid, like four years old, we went to this women's demonstrations in Berlin. I saw all these lilac, purple, you know, this ugly trousers. How do you call them? <laughs> the, the, it was like an overall, apron. Oh, yeah, an like overall. A, yeah, overall, overall thingy. <laughs> and those women, it's a generation above me or my mother generation. They need to. They needed to fight so hard to become this strong woman. And they, my mother, never wore wake makeup. She never had nails painted. She never wore red lipstick. Never jewelry. She never wore a skirt or a dress. She always. It was like a no go. If you dress like this, you're not an intellectual strong woman. And I feel so sorry for that generation because they really had to dress. I'm a bit exaggerating here, but let's say they really had to dress like a man to be accepted as a strong woman and i think now the generation where i'm in we have all the i don't know the the tools the tools yeah to to still you know use all this kitschy feminine whatever gorgeous glamorous things to dress ourselves to yeah to play around with but still we are accepted as strong women and this is i really owe this to our mother's generation right i noticed that about the women in um, Germany in general, because when I was growing up, I played around a little bit. I was I did a lot of modeling back in the day with Ford and Wilhelmina. But I was able to meet these different people. When you go to the Miami market, you meet a lot of Germans because mm -hmm. a lot of catalogs are being shot for um, you know German clients in Miami, or you meet a lot of clients from South Africa. And it's, it's always a German woman. She was always that. Every time I met a German client, they always felt very powerful and strong, and she always had a clean cropped haircut and she had a no frills attitude mm -hmm. it wasn't about her lipstick and her mm -hmm. makeup it was about you know her telling these guys go sit over there she was directing the shoot she was the mm -hmm. public she was the producer of the shoot and i saw that and then to be a grown-up now to be in the presence of yourself and to be in the presence of this city and feel the energy of like how it's coming together now it's just wow it's just like such a 360 or 180 so to speak because i'm like wow i remember when i saw these people as a kid and I was like, you know, I saw somebody in their 40s. And I was like, I love that lady. I love, she's very kick-ass. You know, she has attitude. She she knows mm -hmm. what she wants. She, you know, she's not trying to play the second fiddle. She's a top. She's top. And when I met you just now, I felt that same energy. I was like, wow. But then you were like, I got to put my makeup on. I'm like, 
you're still the same woman though <laughs> which is you know what i'm saying like you're not i just felt so tired <laughs> but you understand what i'm saying like you're still the same kick-ass yeah. babe you're not like you know what i'm saying you're an intelligent human being you're not like this or that you're not trying to you know you just want to wake up a little bit but which is understandable but the same point i'm making is that i love the fact that regardless that you play all your characters that you have had this sense of they have a sense of self Mm. They're grounded. They feel like it's coming from a real place. It's coming from your soul. And so when I put the black beanie on, like you said, I feel like a, you know, a cat burglar. And I came <laughs> over here and then I met you and I was like, I'm so glad. She didn't see me looking like a baby Santa Claus. I would say at this moment, I would say, thank you, universe, for sending me the sign. Why? And thank you, universe. But um, so your mom was strong. Was your grandma just as strong? Was grandma? Did you grow up with that Um, well? No, not really. Not really. But there is a... A grand grandma and she it was she lived in the twenties. She lived she didn't live in Berlin, but she had a little fashion store in another very small town in Germany. But she was always traveling to Berlin. She had short hair, she was smoking, and I always have this vision of her like coming to Berlin and shopping, like doing she was a buyer basically, and shopping here in Berlin in the twenties for her fashion store boutique somewhere in the middle of nowhere. So this is I have the feeling that this is my heritage, you know. I and there was a gap of maybe one generation and now I'm I got it back and I continued that thread, that line. Which wow, makes me proud. that is so beautiful because I was just saying to someone the other day, sometimes, you know, people say or do things to us or they give you these weird little sneers or these like, oh, whatever, they look you up and down. But it's like, I, I know my pedigree. So once you know, like, you know, to know your past, to know your future. So, I, you know, I'm really, to, I'm really being, right now, I'm really giving myself permission to own who my past is. My grandfather was a civil rights leader. He marched alongside with Martin King. So before wow. he passed away, he got the Medal of Freedom from Obama, you know, Joseph Laurie. So to hear you say that is empowering because I had to go to therapy recently because, you know, some PTSD bullshit, trauma, mm-hmm. which might kind of try to attack me verbally. Mm-hmm. And it just brought up some childhood. But it also put me in a situation where I feel like I, I could have been hurt, but I handled it with ease. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, me and you both know that split second, if I did one thing wrong, I cannot, I, I probably wouldn't be sitting before you. And I think a lot had to do with my pedigree. Mm-hmm. I know I know my lineage. I know my history, my ancestors. And when I started to really saying, you know what, stop acting like you're not a part of that. And I embraced it now. And I'm like, this is who you are. And now to hear you say that, it's like, whoa. And you're talking about grandma. It's like, that's a whole, like, it just makes perfect sense as to yeah, who you it, are. It's very important to know where you come from and to, as you said, embrace it and make it part of your way you can't if you if you always try to hide that you will always see it as you said like a person who is so accessible so authentic and this is what i hear over and over again i don't know where this come from or why i am like this but i know i cannot cheat or i cannot lie i am who i am maybe with makeup or without makeup i'm yeah the same person and you and still I really check love, the room and you yeah. still hit the room you're like Vaughn, i gotta go to the back i gotta you know give me a second i was like oh it wasn't negative it wasn't nasty it was very professional and i felt like whoa it just reminded me of being in la which is where i normally reside but now i'm on the east coast at this moment but it just reminds me of la how everybody's such, you know, we're business people. Even though we're performers, you might see me on TV on, you know, making the cut, but I'm still a business person. I know what I got to do to look my best. I know what I have to do to make myself feel good. 
so yeah. I can do my business. Yeah. So I had to you... learn this. I had to become a business person. I was not. I was the artist up in the air. I mean, I still am, but I'm always like oh, between the both. But if I'm not a business person, I, I don't know. I can close down my store tomorrow. So how did you, so when did you know, how did you, when did you know about the show? When did you find out about the show, Making a Cut? And how did it all come about in terms of your application process? That, yeah, that's a funny story because I would have never applied myself to something like this because it's really commercial. And Very I was beneath. known in Berlin <laughs> for like the RT Esther doing big fashion shows and the theater. But like the word commercial was a no-go for me. It was the bad, the devil word. Yeah, it was in... I mean, they start casting like long time before. So it was, I think, early 19... Uh, yeah, well, when was it? 2019? Yeah. And I just received an email from a casting agency in LA, actually. And they said, like, hey, we sneaked around. We found you. We really like what you do. Could you imagine to participate in such a show? And then when I read it, I was like, no way, not me. And then luckily I didn't answer right away, but I, yeah, I was sleeping over it for some nights. And then I said, well, actually, Esther, if you think twice, this is exactly what you need. Finally, the international attention, because I didn't get that my ass off the ground. This is, I don't know if you can say that in English, but I hope you understand. We get it. Yeah, okay. We get it. Because it's, I'm like working my ass off since 15, 16, 17. I mean, now I'm here since 19 years, but back then, I mean, it's okay. I'm here, but it's not, it's not really working. And I got so frustrated. And I had some times where I was thinking like, okay, maybe I stopped doing fashion. I, I become a rock star and I only think and uh, or I become a dancer and I start dancing but I really was looking for something else because I, I got a bit frustrated and then I all of a sudden had this option or this proposal to try for a show like this and I thought this might be my chance and I took it really really serious I mean I didn't talk about it to anybody I mean we had obviously huge contracts but nobody knew what I was doing I told my team like hey guys I really I'm I don't know I'm in a period I need more time for myself so I need two days off per week and I said yeah Esther do it you always work so hard but they didn't know that you know I was sitting at home preparing my portfolio having all these interviews with them the zoom calls whatever presentations yeah and I don't know it just happened it happened and and then I went for it I stopped drinking alcohol for four months because I knew I oh, need yeah. to be like super focused. If I want to go through this, I need to be focused. I cannot be, yeah, tired and groggy. Yeah. Exactly. With a hangover like me right now. <laughs> <laughs> but I was like, you know what? I'm, you know, when in Berlin, become Berlin. Yeah. So where did you go last night? I don't remember. Okay. It was, it was that bad? I started the hotel at a shop. It was, I mean, I feel like YOLO, but also at the same time, I'm like, I'm here. So I'm going to enjoy myself. And then I know our readers want to know where is there to go. And I kind of sure, like yeah. walk down the street and I occasionally I don't like to smoke, but I do smoke. So I was smoking a cigarette and I went, I walked all the way, I walked two miles away from the hotel, which is the Western Green. Mm-hmm. And I just kept walking and walking. And I felt the energy of the neighborhood change because I feel like that's the east and the west, mm-hmm. kind of where mm-hmm. the wall was or whatever. You can feel the energy in the city. It kind of changes. But one thing's for sure is it's a beautiful town. The architecture is beautiful. And it's like I've never been to a major city where I haven't seen a skyscraper. 
if you think about well, it. We do, well, we do have some. Some clocks, maybe. maybe. <laughs> no, we do have skyscrapers. But yeah. I know it's not like New like York. New York, even yeah. like Tel Aviv. Yeah. But I feel energies, and I feel some energy. I feel energies of Russia, USSR, mm-hmm. the Soviet yeah, Union. Yeah, sure. I feel a little bit of the Mediterranean energy here. But one thing I felt is that the city just different. It just feels, I feel like it's unique. And I feel like when I met you, I was like, I was about to, I was like, I was about to do an F-bomb because I was like, I was so happy. Like, this is why I came on this trip. And actually, I designed this trip. They, the German tourism, Ministry of Tourism, they allowed me to design this trip. Mm-hmm. So it took me like a year to come up with this concept alongside of their thing, which is sustainability. Yeah. But I wanted to go to cities that I never really hear about. And I also wanted to go to cities that were going to showcase the traditional in cities like Frankfurt that haven't got a lot of airplay. Mm-hmm. I feel mm-hmm. like Munich is always in every like karate, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You know, Jason Bohr, he's all he, like chops his head off. But in Berlin is Mercedes-Benz Fashion Week. And I know Johnny Jar, he paints your body and all that great stuff. But I wanted to come here because something drew me here. And I feel like this conversation is why. Like, I feel like you're an I'm affirmation. happy that you found me. Yeah, and I feel like your affirmation, honestly, because what you said about the alcohol, there's another person that I actually am talking to about, Lauren Ma. She is on all these, you know, trading spaces to Fab Blacks. Now she's on the new Gen Design show on Disney Plus as a judge with the Property Brothers. So there's all these big people in the design community. And when I, I told her about you, she shared when I spoke to her as well that she took a year, she's been a year sober. So, you know, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. she said she just wants to have a clean, she wants to do it for health purposes, mental purposes. And you're right. So I do miss those points when I just, and I'm going to go back to that after the trip. Because <laughs> <laughs> I love the Pilsners, you know, all the beers are great. Yeah, I got to hammer them down. So, so fast forward, that's why I'm so happy and excited because I feel like fate brought me here. And meeting you was like my, my trip to, to Berlin is done. Because I've met a lot of other people before and I got a couple of pieces here and there. But I mean, I can't explain to you, but I was really rooting for you. But at the same time, I was like, it don't matter. She's Esther. She is going to survive. And speaking of which, now, look at you now. You have all these tone-on-tone, monochromatic pieces with uh, beautiful accents of gold. Can you, and, and I was talking to you, and I spoke to you earlier, you was like, I don't cut and sew. But are you doing the patterns for a lot of these pieces? No, I only design them. I mean, I used to do some patterns in the beginning of my brand, but I always had like much more difficult ideas in my mind that I would able be able myself to, I don't know, to do the patterns for or to sew them. That was my big issue in making the cut also, because I said, I cannot sew, I can't do pattern. So how can I survive in that show? Somehow I did. Thank you, universe again. But yeah, but I know exactly what I want. And also like looking at patterns. I mean, I'm talking every day with my pattern maker and looking at patterns since basically like 20 years now, I know about pattern and I have ideas, but I love the teamwork to create something yeah, something really big and beautiful with the team, with my pattern maker and the people who, who sew it and who are so precise and elegant. This is art for me. This is really art. And speaking of art, you have, you are doing, it looks like you're doing home goods or uh, a wall art as well as you're doing purses and you have collaborations with shoes. Can you elaborate on that? Yeah, so I had last, last year I had a big solo exhibition with my art pieces. You called them wall wall art well yeah but yeah. that's well, what it is so they were all inspired by by my collection so i used the same techniques the, the same materials 
but just created some 3D sculptures, which you can put on the wall. And I had the solo exhibition. And my dream was always because I cannot be straight on fashion like for uh, 365 days a year. I need some distractions. So like this art is some of it. And then hoping that this distraction pushes me back into fashion again. And that exactly this happened. I did this exhibition and those art pieces inspired me again to do fashion, which maybe looked like those pieces. So I always need like input. I'm like the always hungry caterpillar. You're always like hungry for life. You know, I always <laughs> need to be feed it with something. So, yeah. So this is one part. And then I'm doing yeah collaborations. I have this wonderful shoe collaboration with the brand Trippen. It's also a, a brand from Berlin. They produce only in Germany. It's super quality, greatest leather. Yeah. So I have now five shoes, which I did with them. And they are selling really, really great. Yeah, so, yeah. they like great shoes. Like, yeah. Like yeah, car, I, like a geisha. Hi, how, how yeah, geisha, you, geisha, like geisha shoes. Yeah. And then you have like ornaments and you have the rope on it. They're gorgeous. Yeah. So rope is something which always comes back in my in my work. I have these mobile pouches where there's the rope and it's like statements, jewelry, add-ons to whatever you wear. And then yeah, uh, obviously the jewelry is a big part of my of my work and it becomes bigger and bigger like jewelry is my second skin I cannot right, go, yeah right. i can't leave home without this i feel naked and we if always I don't heard you on the show yeah <laughs> <laughs> a friend told me that even if i dance in a club next to a person even if the music is so loud but you always hear this i love it i love it i love it though <laughs> so like you're in this very you're in this amazing space Oh, I have, I'm sorry, oh. I don't want to interrupt you, but talking about collaborations in a couple of days, like in three days, what is it, t Tuesday, um, I have the launch of an Adidas collaboration. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> it's a small one, it's a it's local so one, it's but amazing. yeah, I'll take it. And it's uh, together with Sven Markwa, the photographer, if you know him, also a bouncer of the Verkhein. Um, so for Adidas, I designed also jewelry. So it's wow. the first time Adidas is doing jewelry. They never did jewelry before. Ooh, Globally, locally, nice. never, never, never. So that's so What can we first. expect in the collection? Look, I'm a little badass. I'm just, it's tough, um, tough. Heavy, yeah, big gold pieces. <laughs> Rock and roll for sure. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking, I said, what is Adidas for me? And what is the connection between me and Adidas? And and I was, yeah, I thought of myself as a young woman studying fashion design here in Berlin in the 90s and like the crazy 90s in Berlin. And I was wearing Adidas sneakers and I bought myself like super long laces and I was like draping them around my leg like this Romanian sandals or I don't know how you call them in English. But I was walking around like that. I always wanted to have make it some somehow more special than what i what i had like shoe jewelry almost exactly so i was i didn't i could not get rid of this long laces idea and then i started to play around with laces and was wrapping them around my hand and make them stiff and cut them open because i didn't want that a 3d designer creates like very symmetrical shoelaces so i wanted to take real shoelaces make them stiff cut them then 3d scan them so that they look really organically. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I have something lying around here. Good question. 
but yeah so in the end it's it's like laces with the adidas logo and like i was like doing little bow ties or knots out of that thing and then they're casted in metal and there are some necklaces bangles and where'd you get my nice little Okay. <laughs> yeah, you should have one. That's dope. Congratulations. Yeah, I mean, you. we really were rooting for you because you're such a kick ass. Like I said before, we were like, you just knew. I feel like you grew on that show. I feel like you blossomed That's and you true. became the person that you are sitting before me because you had, because you pushed yourself. You, you, at first you were like, you know, you were like, I don't want to do that show. It's too commercial. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. you pushed yourself and you walked through that. You walked through that, that archway. You went to another level. And now look at you. I'm so happy and proud of you. I really am. Thank you. And I think a lot of young women are looking at you right now going, she can do it, so can I. And I think that's a beautiful thing. And being marginalized in this world and seeing someone like you do it on your own terms is just empowering to men who are marginalized, you know, in this yeah. world. Kudos to you for that. Yeah, it, it doesn't mean that it's now easy. I mean, I still have this little right. tiny shop here and I still have to This little tiny shop is, is, is multi-level. Well, the people the people don't see where they just hear of it. And you pretend now you you're I don't know we are sitting here in a in a castle. (laughs) It's thirty square meters. It's bigger than most. But uh, yeah, I love it. I love it. It's tiny, but I love it. Because in today's market, you don't even need a brick and mortar. But for you, you already know. You know, being able to hang your patterns and come come to this area and look at the patterns hanging, or look at your inspiration, or you know, your whatever, you know, see some of your jackets hanging and see, you know, I feel like that's, doesn't it make you feel like you're in business? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, so yeah. I think that's a beautiful thing about brick and mortar is like looking back here, I'm like, wow, she has like, she's working. Yeah, this is not just right, a cute I office. Agree. You know, you go to people's offices and you're like, oh, it's all neat and cute. Everything's in the box. This is like, you're working in here. Yeah. You're working. Sorry. It looks like a bomb exploded, but. Was there, is, is there, um, when you were younger, did you ever, obviously, were there times that you didn't have this kind of confidence? And oh, for sure, yeah. So, what would you tell that young Esther that you know now? Sometimes people say, "Like, where do you have an engine inside myself who's always pushing me?" Like yesterday, I drove to Poland with the car to see the production, a new production place, and I had to go there. And I'm, I have a driving license, but I drive not very often and for two days i was sending like messages to the uniform like please take care of myself i was so afraid to to drive the car and i always imagined to have like an accident like in each corner each and every corner but i just do it i said like esther like squeeze your ass together and just do it you will survive and this is what i do with here and i always and tonight you know i have this big talk and approximately 100 people are coming and i still have not prepared myself and yeah but i just said i do it as to trust yourself and it's some when i'm afraid then i i just breathe and say like you can do it you can do it there is some somewhere inside of you you will find the right words to all the questions you will be asked because you're not you don't need to tell a story you just need to talk about yourself and all your experiences and this is inside of you so just Tell them. And this is why people love to invite me to to this talk, because I'm very honest. I talk about how bad it was sometimes and sometimes still is that I'm that I was sleeping in the atelier on the floor because I had to rent my my apartment to get some money in or with this big bank loans, which I was almost not capable to pay back. But this is this is the life of a designer. And I it was a decision. And it was also a decision not to 
to have a family because I knew this is 24-7 and I wanted this and I still want this. So I just go for it, whatever comes in my way. Well, one thing's for sure, Esther, your presence is enough. <laughs> like when I'm serious, I'm exhausted. I've been on fight after fight. My connection was I've been here since Saturday morning in Hamburg. I got on an ICE train. I call it ice. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I'm taking an ice. So I'm an ice train. So I got I got on an ice train. Then I noticed that they had a red a reservation, but I didn't have the ticket ball. It was just a mess. They, they, give me your passport. I'm like, ah I'm like, you're gonna bill me and back in the States. It's like it's so creepy. You don't want that on your passport, you know? Mm-hmm. But it, it'll be handled. I said to myself, but your presence is enough. You showing up is all we need. It's inspiring. Just know that. Because you're Thank a beautiful you. person inside out. You, I don't know what it is. I just felt like somebody was just, it, something happened and I'm kind of punchy. Cause you know, you, like, like you said, you, you drink a lot, you get a little groggy, you get a little like, you know, mm-hmm. but at the same time, it's like, you know, don't test me. Don't test me. So somebody was trying to test me and I was like, please God, let me know that this trip to Berlin was not just, you know, to see a beautiful city. That's mm-hmm. not what I came here for yeah. at all. So for me, I came here, I feel like I came here and I met you. Like, you're the reason why I got on that goddamn plane to come here. And I got on that train and that other train that got cussed out. I don't know. I don't any. I don't know how to speak German, any of that stuff. But it's just like, I feel like you're the reason why I came. Like, I feel. And then meeting you, it's like all I needed was just to meet you. No, I feel very honored. Thank and I feel, you. And I feel like everybody tonight at Soul House is going to feel the same way. Just to be in your presence is empowering. And I feel like we don't give each other our bouquet, our bouquets. Fuck the flowers. Mm-hmm. We need a bouquet. Like, <laughs> you've been through hell. You've been through hell. You've, been, you've probably yeah. been homeless at one point. You you know, this is what you want to do. This is what you were born and bred. This is your, your heritage. This is your pedigree. Like grandma, great, great grandma. She was a buyer. This is who you are. And now you understand that fashion is evolving. Mm-hmm. It's not just, I got to be a cutting sewer. It's, no, I want to, you know, when I'm in my house, I want to smell candles. So I'm sure you're going to have some Esther candles. Mm-hmm. Now you're doing, you know, jewelry. You've always done jewelry. But now you're doing it with collaborative efforts with like, you know, Adidas. I mean, it's just like, you yeah, have to, yes, it's evolving. Keep, yeah. keep evolving. So you have to know that your presence is enough. And everyone tonight is going to know that. And you are always prepared. And just don't let the naysayers, if you don't have them, then you're not doing something right. That's what I feel. But they're everywhere. They're always in our face. They're always looking us up and down. It's like, it's like, but, but at the same time, it's like, I know you're here. I'm acknowledging you, but I'm not taking you seriously. Because you're just, you, you're in my way. But at the same time, you're letting me know I'm doing something right. Because mm-hmm. love and hate, you know, they're the same inside out. Yeah. So um, is there anything you wanted to leave with us? A word of advice to aspiring um, fashion designer? Um, well, you, you also came here to talk about sustainability, right? Yeah. I, in the past, I don't know, five years, I never said that I'm a, a sustainable brand because I'm very against greenwashing. And until I'm not like really sustainable, I don't want to like say like, yeah, but I am. I mean, I think the way I work with this very small series and I, the, the local production, I mean, Poland is like two hours ride, you know, it's not uh, sending something over the ocean. I am pretty sustainable already. But for example, I'm also not sustainable because I work with patent leather. This is like not sustainable at all. And I think you can walk around here and 
and find 100 things which are not sustainable. And I'm very transparent. I don't, I mean, this is, I'm a designer and, you know, sometimes my desires go crazy, my design desires. But I have now the the goal to, to become sus- even more sustainable or maybe 100% sustainable in 10 years. So the vision of my brand is in 10 years, I want to be very digital. So I'm playing a lot with digital fashion also, and I'm presenting that in next fashion week in January, but also use it as a tool for becoming more sustainable. And we will, we will sew like these chips inside of each garments in January. So if you scan it, you have the whole supply chain, where it comes from. And I will show different um, outfits. I will show a few outfits where the result will be catastrophic, yeah? where you see like, oh, this is not sustainable at all. And you will have some outfits which are made out of violent-free silk or like really sustainable materials. And the result will be really like promising and satisfying. But I want to see, I want to tell people like, this is where I am today and I don't hide, you know, I, I'm not hiding anything. I'm very honest and, and this is where I want to go. And it's like the, I'm showing a rhygnosis, like jumping mm-hmm. mentally in the, in the future and then analyzing like, how did I get there and what, what I needed to get there. So this how is many, a how many, before, before get, how many, how many pieces are in your collection or how many units do you make? To me, that's this is very good. yeah, but this is very flexible because I'm not doing B two B business to business. I'm this is very exclusive. I'm only selling in my store and in my online store. So I am deciding when I want to launch a new collection or how big the collection is. So there is no bias saying like yeah, but this I know already, or we're expecting something more, or we need this. So I really, I mean, I did be business to business before, but I really created a freedom for myself, which is so peaceful and so great. And I think this is the future. It's definitely my future because, yeah, I have a lot of classical pieces. Anyway, it's everything black. You know, this is timeless. This is it's classical. Not, and sometimes people are coming like, oh, this jacket is new. And I was like, no, this is here in four years. But, you know, for the customer, it doesn't. It doesn't make a difference. It's for the moment for the customer, this jacket is new because he, she is just um, discovering this piece now. And from now on, this is her piece or his piece. So yeah, it's classical pieces. So winter is, I mean, I do two collections per year, but the winter one is obviously more bigger because it's more me, you know, layerings and wool and winter's things is more my, my style and summer. I'm not like a summer dressy kind of designer, so it's a bit smaller, but yeah, it's a mix of new things and old things. And this year I made a huge fashion show during Fashion Week in Berlin. This collection was really big. The next one might be smaller, but it's really like depending on how many side projects I have. Yeah, because I mean, you have a lot of beautiful pieces. I, I see a lot of home goods. I can see you going into a home goods kind of way. I, I would love to, yeah. This I see would pillows, yeah. Like rugs, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. Wall art, I know. Like, like tapestries, mm-hmm. like beautiful I would love wallpapers. To do that. Yeah. I can see you doing things like that. And those things are sustainable because, you know, paint has a lot of lead in it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a lot of things that we should, you know, you already know. But I do see your brand, and I do like the fact that you're acknowledging that you're not, that you, you know, you have some shortcomings. And that you were working on that, that to me, that's, you know, owning, owning it, that's half the battle. Acknowledging mission is everything. So and I, already now, there are all, also 100 things which are sustainable. For example, I'm buying all my zippers. They are made in Germany. You know, I'm not buying them from China. They are made in Germany. They're fabrics made in Germany. 
there are, I don't know, my so cords. So you locally, are, that's the Yeah, I mean, not all of them, but, but I try them. wherever it's possible, yeah. and I have a price range of those products which which work with my price positioning. Because, I mean, of course, there is a big, there are, yeah, there are many choices already for sustainable materials, but they are not in my price range yet. So right. I have to, yeah, because it's, it's already expensive. expensive. Right, right. I know. I saw the but I mean, I've been looking at some of these sustainable upcycling uh pieces they're expensive yeah they're expensive like because especially bridge and tunnel they're out of um hamburg i, uh-huh. I met with yeah. um with connie klutz and mm-hmm. um she gifted us um blue jean jacket i mean a blue or blue jean a jacket that's made of all different different shades of black and gray but you already know that you know the patchwork it's handmade, it's yeah. handmade. It's more serious. and, it, and yeah. then you're going to keep it and it's generational and you should have it in your closet it should be a capsule to give down to your kids or your cousins or your sons or your daughters or whatever because for me my dad always had these hawaiian shirts i was just so i always like going to my mom and my dad's closet they have these cool like you know like you know kimonos styles or these um these furs or the you know faux furs or even like these trench leather coats mm-hmm. that are now you know resurging through some of the fast fashion and mid luxury brands like All Saints, um, ASOS and so forth. But some of the brands nowadays are you know they're trying to they're doing double stitching they're yeah. doing quality work. So you know you're doing great. I mean I think it's awesome that you have quality pieces and they come from you. They come from your heart and they have a story. Is it from Esther? You get it. So it's like that's beautiful. Well, yeah, well, it was a pleasure speaking with you. Oh, it, have you been doing anything with, within the community as well? Are you hiring um, locally or from the colleges? Or? I mean, I my structure is super small. I only have one person as a store manager mm-hmm. and then another girl. She's studying fashion design and she's here one and a half um, days per week. And that's basically all. Then I have another my tech girl, uh, but she works remotely from Dusseldorf. Um, she's doing all the website and newsletters, but that's all the people I who are employed. We are only those three people. Well, that's a lot. Yeah, for me, I'm on the for everybody is... in a pandemic. It's <laughs> a lot, especially quiet quitting. I mean, when I met some of the young ladies when I came in, they seemed like they were really excited to work with you. I feel like they feel like they're part of the brand, and I feel like that company yeah, culture. Yeah, it's is family. Going. It's yes. really family. So I have yeah, all the the people you saw there, interns, and they come from Denmark. Now Marcel is coming from London. Yeah, so there, it's it's always like international. Mainly we speak English here because there it's all all mixed mixed up here. Oh, and before I forget, I know people want want to know: Are you keeping in contact with anybody? With show. Johnny Cota, of course. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it. Yeah, no, I mean, we bonded already during the show, and I don't know, we never. It they're never, like besties. Yeah, they were, so I mean, cute. it's crazy because we were really side by side. We were like fighting for this one million US dollars, and still it never felt like a competition. And I really, I'm so happy for him, and we are still in contact. We saw each other in May in New York, and we had the a fantastic week and we were going out like crazy and yeah so no Heidi have you seen Heidi Zoo? Uh I saw her when was the last time I saw her? There was a like a birthday party of the podcast of Bill and Tom Cowlitz. So they had a party here in Berlin and I was invited and she was here and yeah, that was nice. that's fun. Yeah. I mean I was invited also to the Halloween party of Heidi to New York. 
but I just I couldn't make it. I have too much work and also like traveling, you know, just for right. a couple of days. It's, it's a six something. Hour yeah. You're gonna tell me. Yeah.